0: thanks for listening in we exist as a church to connect people to the heart of God and to a family within the church and we believe that Jesus is the way we hope this message blesses you and gives you hope today
1: so Paul I just want you to share with our with our audience today a little bit about your family your education and you know and how you have evolved to where you are today
2: well, I was raised on a farm in, uh, up near Clinton, Arkansas. And uh, my mom and dad met in World War II. She was a war bride uh, from England. And so we moved up there to the farm. And I had, uh, I had a brother and sister eight and nine years older, and then a younger sister five years younger. And what that meant, I was truly a middle child. And my parents both worked, so I was owned by myself a lot. There on the farm, and you know, didn't go play little league sports or anything. It was too far away, but um, had a um, was a very average student in high school. Uh, Went to college was very average student there. Got a degree in political science, and um, uh, Paul,
1: that political science degree. Why did you choose that field?
2: Well, because when you get to your junior year, they make you make a decision. So, uh, I looked around at the things that interest me, and that's the only one I could see that I had some interest in. So as you can see, I didn't have a lot of vision. I didn't appreciate the benefits of academics. Um, But when I got out of school, um, and I got married, Lisa and I have been married for 42 years, and we have three children, Matt and uh Natalie are both in the business. Matt's 39 and Natalie's 35. And I have a young we have a young daughter that's 25 and she's going to get married in December and we'll move to Dallas with her new husband. But uh when I when I had a family, started having a family, I I, I didn't want to fail, you know. I wanted to succeed. I wanted to take care of my family and so I was good in sales, I was in sales, but I started to work uh, kind of on the side. And uh, we got into, I didn't golf, hunt, or fish, I just worked.
1: You, you mentioned you, are, you were certified to be a teacher.
2: Yeah, I was. Um, if I'm being honest, it was because I didn't want to leave college. I was <laughs> enjoying I was You're having enjoying a good time? time. <laughs> but, but I did, I do think I would, I would have enjoyed teaching I like that i like I like small groups or having meaningful conversations. I'm not really good at cocktail parties and
1: public speaking you know. <laughs> so but I'll answer any questions yeah yeah right right so well so in our conversation, and you know from you know you kind of like a mentor to me from a business, your operations, but in our in our intimate conversations, you mentioned to me about your father and that you he only um, shook your hand twice. Speak, speak to that, and and you're and talking about the intimacy and how things you struggle with and, and that you've been able to talk to me about, and I share it with you, you know, things I've try had trauma about, but how that has impacted you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had a, a for that time, it's very normal upbringing with my parents. I never heard them fight or anything, but we weren't very expressive. Um, like I say, he shook my hands when I graduated. And when I got married, and I, I knew my parents loved me, but we just didn't talk about it, you know, Whereas when I got married, my wife's family, they hug all the time and say that word all the time, that "L I love word, you," that L" word and i I struggle with that. I mean I, that was very awkward for me, and I think. And I guess it kind of came out when I was talking to you that maybe what drove me in my business was, was looking for validation. Like, I wanted to be successful, I wanted to take care of my family, and I've always wanted to do things differently than other people. Like, if everybody's going here, I'm like, what's, wonder what's over here, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I think it's so important. We all understand. We all have different struggles, and and the conversation talk here, here. You got the probably the most successful car wash, one of the most successful in the country, and he would he's open enough to share what his struggles are. And and I think that's why you're successful in business when you deal with truth. And and I think it's so important for for him to be able to in our, in our conversations do that. He talked about. Uh, been accepted and, and, and validation and, and when you see other people like that Paul you've talked about how you try to nurture and bring other people along how has that been as you've grown your uh, which we'll talk about a little bit almost 300 employees in Splash Car Wash mm-hmm. well you know you had
2: asked me uh, too like uh, what's the like how did I get to where I am you know how was I successful And I, and I would just say that uh, it 's just like i haven 't done anything different for for many years. It seemed like a lot of things that could go wrong did go wrong and um, but it occurred to me, and then recently, a lot of things that can go right go right but But I never was in control of either one of those. You know I just the way I look at it is um, I know God exists from a young child when I would lay out in the fields and just look up at the clouds uh, when I was by myself. I knew God exists. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Romans tells us that, <laughs> that everybody knows. And then um, when I became a Christian, when I figured out what he did for me, he proved that he loved me, right? Amen. And so anything else that happens after that, it's either for his glory or for my ultimate benefit. And so, it's not the way I draw it up. I mean, I, I don't like bad things that happen, but I do not question his right to do whatever he wants to do.
1: Amen, amen. Paul, I mean, I, 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 won't, I don't know if y'all realize how you know about Splash Car Wash, what, last month he gave me the tour of the facility, and I want you to put the pictures up, Michael, of, of, of the, the growth process since, since 1983, Got 17 locations, nearly 300 employees, annually now, washing over a million cars a year. Okay, 100,000 oil changes. Uh, the new 38,204 square foot indoor car wash facility in Marmel, Uh It replaced the old Walmart uh, neighborhood market. Have you indoor indoor car wash now? Now not outdoor car wash like <laughs> the in, indoor car wash, and. and Did you ever envision this in 1983 when you started? And you just mentioned—I mean, you said you've just been putting one foot forward, one foot forward. Did you ever envision that? And then, kind of take us through—you know—when you said early on in your testimony how your your faith has driven you to the daily decisions, which has led to the most successful car wash operation in Arkansas and Mm. soon to be one in the in the world. Yeah.
2: Well, Donnie's going to speak in a minute about our core values, but I can say the first one is strive for excellence. And like, maybe it's that validation. I I wanted to be as good as we can be. I mean, we're we're here on this earth anyway. I mean, let's, and, and I tell young people if they're at work, I mean, you're here anyway. You might as well do the best you can for and make a difference for yourself and your family. But um, I wouldn't say that I have a plan to, it, like, to integrate my faith. It's just natural. It's just organic. I mean, y- y- you know. It's who you are. It's, it's, that's right. And um, we're very, very fortunate. I mean, our leadership team, every time I've needed anybody, they walk through the front door. Okay? That's not me. Like. I can't do that, and when you look at the what Fitz just talked about, or what, what our company's accomplished, I can't do that, you know. And uh, we've been blessed with good people that have the same uh, core values that that want to make a difference uh, in people's lives. Because listen, I, the uh, the P and L statement is not going to be on record up and have it, You know what I mean? I mean that doesn't matter. It it makes you, you're able to do some things with it, but the way we impact young people's lives, and you know, you had the good fortune to be a coach. I can't be a coach on a team, but I can help
1: coach young men mm-hmm.
2: that that are in our business, and I really like that.
1: Speaking about that and, and, and how we were able to, you, you told me one of the, 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 the great, one of the best experiences you had was coming down and meeting Turlin Charles. Yeah. And that, how that, cause you, how you called and said, man, that, that was transformational for me. Speak a little bit about that and how those experiences, you know, because it's something you'd never done before. Well, and I
2: wasn't, I mean, I look forward to going down there because these, I love the differences in people. I mean, I just, I love that. And, uh, and so going down there meeting those guys, listen, when I met them for the first, within, before I left that first time, uh, we didn't have very much in common, but we had one thing, really, that we had the main thing in common. Uh, we had the same daddy, okay? And so that just, when you're around something that's of God, you cherish that and just, That connection that we had when we didn't have anything in common, right?
1: And and you know, I know it 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 inspired them, and and um, it you know you oftentimes speak of the, the humility. That mm. you look for in people, and that's something I, that that always come out that you said, and, and I and I noticed that about you. You know, that's why you said, "Well, I don't really want to speak." And I said, "Well, you know, because you you want to give to others, but your you know your servanthood, your humility, speak to that as as how you being around people." And and then I want you to talk about, you know, how you address people in a very humble way, but you stay focused on on getting the ball to the end zone. Yeah. Well, and how you do that? You yeah. mean how, and I, the, the examples that you've used, I think, would be so valuable to everybody here.
2: Okay. Well, you may. So, but basically, I'm a very logical person. Like, I'm, uh, I'm not emotional to a fault. Okay, but I'm very logical. And it, it when you understand who the Creator is, and when you understand your unworthiness. I mean, how can you not be humble? Like, if you understand who he is and who you are, that's logical. And so, um, I, uh, so that's just foundational. And again, so when we hire people, if, if you're not humble, how can, we have a, how can we have a conversation? Like, how can I address some things that
1: maybe I, I need you to do differently?
2: You know, if if you're not if you're not humble,
1: correct. And and speaking of that, you mentioned it hadn't always been peachy cream. You know, Mm. you you shared you almost lost everything. You took you went to you went into your savings and and you risked it all. So that was calculated risk, and you didn't know if you're gonna be in the soup line or if you're gonna have the twenty five car washes, right? Yeah, yeah. that.
2: yeah, it's um, so the. I'm 67 right now, and it's 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 a, it's like a hike, you know. You you're going to encounter everything: storms and and valleys and rivers and all that sort of thing. And sometimes things just totally unexpected, you know, come at you. And um, as far as the role my faith played, it's kind of like um, when the disciples, when Jesus said are you gonna leave me to it? And I said, we got no place to go. And so that, it's like, I got no place to go. And so he controls everything. And whether it's good or bad, no matter what happens, I mean, I believe he's in control.
1: So when you felt like that you didn't know if you were gonna be able to meet mm-hmm. payroll or do those type of things, how, how, how did you make, put, you know, what, what was your inspiration to continue moving forward? Well, you don't have any choice. It's not
2: like I made an investment. It's like you have an investment. You you've signed personal guarantees, and I mean, we're going to we're going to see this at the last minute. God made a provision, you know, and and that's what He did. I mean, I didn't I didn't see daylight at the end of the tunnel. I just know we have to keep doing what's what we know is right, and then sure enough just as unforeseen the bad stuff, the un, the the good stuff was unforeseen. And there was an insurance policy I didn't know I had. And then an employee made restitution. And then, because they did bogus payroll, the IRS sent a refund. It's like, wait, what? You know, so.
1: It rooted in you doing the right thing.
2: I mean, To me, what you do when you don't know what to do is just put one foot in front of the other and do the one thing you know to do. Like, I don't see how it's going to turn out.
1: Right. Talking about uh, the continued growth of Splash and based on the people and them embracing your culture, core values, um, I want to bring up um, Danny Swanpool, who who I found it very interesting, has a master of theology, MBA, uh, mm-hmm. how how those things happen. Come on up and join us. Um, now let's give him a round of applause, guys. Yeah. And um, uh, it, it's it's been very interesting understanding the culture uh, of Splash, and, and I know that you wrote the core values, and 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 your. Biblical understanding, he and Austin will probably have a good conversation, yeah. but Austin, our theologian here who teaches us about the Bible. But speak a little bit about when Paul hired you and told you to set this, how the Spirit worked in you to, to create um, um, this climate of, of not overbearing spiritually, but what the Bible said, let your life so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven.
3: Yeah, I would love to. So I'll give you guys just a quick kind of background uh, on my story. I'm originally from South Africa, uh, came to the States in January 2008 on a rugby scholarship at Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. Uh, Graduated from ASU in 2012 with a corporate finance degree. Uh, Transitioned away from ASU to work in the banking industry. Did that for about three and a half years and then joined Splash in 2015. And so uh, like Fitz said, uh, we, we came up with the core values in 2016 because we wanted a vehicle to integrate our faith into our work as well as our leadership. And so if you look at the SPLASH acronym, the S, like Paul said, is striving for excellence. Everything we do is rooted in excellence. That new uh, car wash we opened in Momel the idea was excellence. Every single detail from the employees, Uh, the the tunnel, the equipment, to how we operate. We want to be excellent. And then the P is passionately treating others with dignity and respect. The L is look for opportunities to serve others. The A is appreciate customers and coworkers. The S is smile and have fun. And then the H is honesty and integrity. And at the end of the day, we understand that Most of our team members are not Christians and do not come from a Christian background. So we don't walk around with Bibles thumping team members over the head, telling them, hey, you better turn or burn. No, our our way of, of integrating our faith into work with leadership is rooted in care for our people because our philosophy is if we care a great deal about our team members, they're gonna care a great deal about our customers, and our customers will take care of the bottom line. And so, it's been incredible to see uh, just so many team members that have been with us now for five years and longer. And uh, we take care of them through compensation. We pay our people really well. Uh, we offer health, dental, vision insurance. We we have a four hundred one k retirement plan. Um, we care for them through coaching and correcting like Paul said, we have a heavy emphasis on coaching our team members because at the end of the day, we care about them and we want them to be excellent. And then we also care about them by providing them with career opportunities and that's why, you know, Paul as the entrepreneur and and business leader with all the growth we're experiencing currently, he's providing all of us with opportunities to grow And just over the last 10 months we have promoted 10 people from an hourly position into into a salaried position and so hopefully we will continue to do that as we continue to add these locations Um, but really uh, for us you know it, it comes down to care um i think oftentimes as christians we we kind of silo work and we kind of silo our faith but at splash we really try to integrate our leadership faith into one silo with God as the foundation of who we are and what we do. And so we also do a bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, Paul's son, Matt, is our CFO, like you said. And every quarter, Matt mentors some of our young team members on their personal finances, because what we've seen is if an individual struggles in their personal life, oftentimes that will bleed into their professional life, and then that could cause some drama. And so Matt does a mentoring on personal finances. Another thing we do, and we do really well, is about two years ago, we founded the Splash Emerging Leader Program. Really the vision and the goal for that program is to identify young men and women within our company, teach them, train them, and provide them with the necessary tools to become excellent leaders as well as excellent operators. And so next month on the 26th, we're launching the third year of the Splash Emerging Leader Program.
1: And, th- and those leaders, what, what type of curriculum? What, 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 are you, what, what do you aspire for them to do?
3: Yeah, that's an excellent question, Fitz. And so uh, in the fall, we'll read a book together called The Ideal Team Player, which is really foundational to our hiring process, uh, which is threefold. We look for people that are humble, hungry, and smart. And are they coachable? Or are they driven? And then how, how do they relate to other people? And in the spring, we'll we'll read another book together called "How You Win Friends and Influence People" by Dale Carnegie, which is an incredible book. And then, in addition to that, we'll meet once a month on a Wednesday for nine months, and we'll do case studies together. Uh, we'll do uh, team building together, and we'll also focus on equipping them on how to have hard conversations, how to hire, how to uh, do a termination, how to motivate and encourage young team members, and so. It's a nine-month process, and we just got done doing the interviews for this new class, and we had about 30 nominations, and we only selected about 15. Okay.
1: You mentioned you first came here last year and understood the concept of what the vision God has given me to, for the business community marketplace. Speak to that a little bit, because you said it was something that you were happy, and you, you know, like you said, you do it organically, but it's something that you hope that, that rubs off on, on the people that you're leading. Yeah, so I came to and, my... F- and tell them what your title is.
3: Yeah, so my official title is the Director of People and Culture. So I kind of three buckets that I oversee is talent acquisition, talent management, and then our the Splash Emerging Leader Program. And a lot of the kind of HR and operations kind of blend together in those three buckets. But yeah, I came to my faith, first uh, Leadership and Faith Luncheon four years ago, and, and Bill Dillard was actually the uh, the guest speaker. And uh, the primary reason I came to that, to this meeting was I wanted to know what it looks like to live out my faith in an excellent manner at work, and Bill had, had a lot of good just practical principles that he shared on how to do that, and um, it's still something that I pursue this day, and how do you do it, and how do you do it well, because, you know, it is challenging, and, you know, there's not always a whole lot of time to think through those things.
1: Yeah. Awesome. It's 1240. I want to take a time here to let you all ask, ask any questions of, of either one of them. And I'll share around here. Does, does anybody have one question? Okay. Hold on. I'm going to let you ask a question. And then you all can share the mic to who you have. you Tell me your name and, and what question you have. Hey, this is Jeff Hill. I'm the CEO of Hill Financial Group, a weather accumulation firm. My question is for Paul. Um, oftentimes, a question that I often ask business owners is what got you started in the business, what you touched on. But the other important question is, what's your legacy? Like, what's the plan for you going, because you said you're 67, so you might want to phase out at some point. What does that look like from a legacy standpoint for you?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, too. So the most important thing to me is I want to have a strong company, and I've been very intentional. The young, I've been blessed with really good young leaders, like I said, and I... uh, I kind of step back and I let them run with it, um, and so to me, if the company depends on me, then I don't really have a company, you know. And so, my goal is to have a company that doesn't depend on me, and that way it can just continue. Or any other one person. I don't want it to con to depend ultimately on one of these other guys. And so we. I really want it to be a strong company where our culture is ingrained and it doesn't depend on any person.
1: Question?
0: Um, What was the process for you guys where you got to the place where it was like we really was culture always important to you or, or did you have some moments where you were like we really need to focus in on this? I guess, like, what was that process of, like, because it's clear, like, when I go into your car washes, I'm like, the culture here is amazing. It's like the Chick-fil-A of car washes, you know. And so, like, w- what was that process like to, to get there? Well, you know, it's
2: a, it is a process. And um, years ago, when I was doing a lot of developing and, and had my hands in different things, the culture at some car washes I owned was really bad. You know what I mean? So it has to be really intentional I mean, you have to be in it, and I think up until Donnie and and my son got involved in the business, um, we were we were living things out, but but we didn't have it written down, and we we didn't take it to the next level to where we were really intentional, um, and so, and that's just part of like. Everybody has some gifts, but these other guys, what Donnie brings to the table and my son and these other three other guys, they're different than what I can do. Like, I can get it to a certain point, but then they take it to another level.
1: Paul, the other day, you shared with our audience about how you can go in and coach somebody to understand the core values and how you said, do I need to take it down? Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> talk, talk about it. That was Back, very interesting
2: years ago, I was more active in going into the stores and, and being more active on the operations side. And um, what's, what's important to me is, is if we say we're going to do something, we need to do it. And so I remember going into our store up in Rogers, and we, we post our core values. We, we put them in the break room. We put them in the lobby in different places. And they're real simple. Like, there are six of them. They're right there. And so I don't remember what the issue was, but I got the manager, and we were having a conversation about something that wasn't quite right. And I said, well, come here. So we walked up in the lobby, and I said, these core values here. I said, really, I I didn't put those up for the customer. Those are for us. So when we look at, I don't remember which ones, but when we look at this one, and this one, and this one, you know, I can take this down. I, I don't mind. I can take this down for a couple of weeks if I need to. No, 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 you don't need to take it down. I said, okay, well, let me know, because we're either gonna do them or we'll take them down. If, yeah.
0: So uh, within that, like, it's one thing to like set culture, write culture down, and then it's one thing to keep culture consistent. And And so what's that process now like, do you guys have a team that goes to the stores? Is that like, is that your role? H- how do y'all, I guess, p- police it's not the right word, yeah. but h- how do you keep it consistent?
3: Yeah, how do you scale culture, right? I mean, that's, that's the big question and that's the question we're, we're wrestling with right now is with all this crazy growth we're experiencing, how do you scale culture? And at the end of the day, culture is made up of a microculture and for us at Splash, that microculture is at the store. And so it all starts with with talent acquisition, hiring people that align with who we are, what we do, and can live out those core values. And so it's something that I've been wrestling with a lot with over the last five months. And it's something that will continue to be at the top of my mind in how we, because if we don't scale it, I mean, at some point we could lose our culture and we don't want that. Um, So, yeah, I would say it it, it starts with the talent acquisition process. It starts with continuing the coaching aspect and then making sure those individuals can live out our core values daily.
1: And, Donnie, speak a little bit, you know, about, man, how does your knowledge, biblical knowledge, your master's in theology, you know, organically help you make the decisions that you make. I mean because you you you're you you biblically you have a baseline for for the word of God.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's significant, right? Um, you know I, I read a report the other day just about my generation and uh most of them are only holding a job for about two to three years and so because The bottom is, it's just too hard, I mean, this this job is too hard, I'm ready to kind of move on, and so that was kind of the foundation of the report. And so, I think, biblically, you know, when things get hard, I view it as, man, this is a character-building opportunity. At the end of the day, I'm at God's disposal, He paid a price for me, and so, if life is hard, if work is hard, man, this is just another opportunity to grow in character. Um, you know, and it obviously impacts how we coach as well. Uh, we we do all of our seven, thirty, and ninety-day performance reviews through our through the lens of our core values. Uh, we give raises according to how well they live that out. And so, um, yeah, and it, it's really neat too because uh, outside of work, uh, I I have a young men's group that meet every Thursday night, and I kind of mentor them in apologetics and theology, uh, which is. Which is a huge passion of mine, and so uh, we have a letter. I'll let her take that. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, apologetics and theology is a huge passion of mine outside of outside of Splash, and uh, I currently have two Splash employees in that group. And again, uh, it's it's an organic invitation to that group. And again, I'm not forcing or beating them to to join this group, but. Um, Really, again, just viewing it as one silo of the faith, work, and leadership intertwine.
1: Wonderful. You got one over here? Okay. All
4: right, I got a question. I got a praise report and a challenge.
3: Who's the question for? You.
4: <laughs> All right, praise report. I live in Maumelle, so thank God. This, that, that Let me tell you, the customer service, so I got out of the gym... And I don't know. I was like, are they closed at 7? Do they close at 8? And I went up. Y'all don't close till 8. Keep it that way. That's awesome. But I'm talking at 7.40 in the evening, I got the same service as I, when I went in the middle of the day. Greeted, inside. How you doing? How's your day? Um, it is beautiful. I took these guys. This is Cesar and Carson. Uh, they work with us at CityServe. So I took them uh, field trip. Sorry, Drew. Field (laughs) trip during the day. (laughs) And we went to the car wash. The first thing that Cesar said when we pulled into the garage, he goes, This is an experience. He wasn't at the opening, which I got to hear that, that you know, you wanna have an experience. So we got to see that experience. So that's the praise report. The challenge I have for you is we can do um, one minute of burpees. Donnie does CrossFit. Y'all don't, he does CrossFit. And if I beat him, I get free car wash for a year. So that's the challenge.
3: I'll send you some coupons.
4: (laughs) Well, I got a membership, so, you know. Um, But the question is, what is the funnest part of your job in coaching and training teams across the state?
3: Yeah, I love, I mean, you just talked about the Marmel Wash. And uh, the GM of that location is a young man by the name of Aaron Borders. And the kid is just so hyped up on energies, like a little energy ball just going all, all over the place, but we hired Aaron as a part-time high school student in, what's it, 2017, and it's been incredible to see his growth and maturity over just the last five years, and I know Paul has personally poured into Aaron a lot, and so those are the things that I love, man, because it's, you see a young man a young dude at that time being transformed into a young man, and now he's overseeing 30 other people. That's the joy I get, because it's this beautiful picture of being a steward of what God has entrusted us with, making things better, cultivating, and ultimately for His glory. And so, those are the things that get me fired up. Paul, do you want to speak to Aaron?
1: It's 12:50, and I won't always promise of of, of, of our time. That anybody, you have one left. Quick, one quick one. Okay, one quick one, Bishop. Paul, you really shared some uh, powerful stuff that concerning the environment that you've created, that's conducive for growth and development for employees. Uh, can you speak to some of the results uh, after having set up that environment that that you guys see in terms of? individuals growing from a faith perspective and and uh and what kind of uh um persons coming back uh do they come to you like because it sounds like you created a a spiritual environment that person can come to you for counsel or come for you for support in time of trouble
2: well donnie's probably the better person to talk to about this but i can just tell you that i really enjoy conversations like that the the and I enjoy having intentional conversations and and the opportunity to mentor people. As far as um, stories about that, I, Donnie would probably have a lot more of those than I would.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, you know, we we talked a lot about the great care that we have for our team members. And so if they feel that, that this company cares about them it's very likely that they're going to share some of their personal issues with them and uh, we we have seen people come to faith at splash in 2018 we opened up our new location in, in benton saline county and um, there was a young man that really struggled with anxiety and depression and uh, he reached out to our director of operations at that time was garrett hartman and. Garrett kind of grabbed me by by the shoulder and we went to the, the, the conference room and uh this this young man kind of unloaded both of his barrels on us and uh we were able to transition from from just a normal conversation to a spiritual conversation and then from that spiritual conversation this guy came to faith in that conference room at our new location and so and that's just one example of the many that exist and so uh you know So we've we've seen the tangible, the bottom line, we've seen the benefit in that, but also from an eternal perspective, we've also seen the benefit of that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, incredible stuff. God is in the business of changing hearts, and our work should align his work.
1: Amen. Amen. Hey, let's give him a round of applause, if you would. Hold up. I'm going to ask you to pray us out, if you don't mind, okay? And. uh, um, we're going to ask Donnie to pray us out. He can stay up here with us. And on the 28th of, of October, Bill will be here. So pl- make plans to join us back. And uh, we hope to continue to build this momentum. It's the first one we've had in two 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 and a half years. And so as you continue to share um, and you have any ideas, we want to do this right, but we want to make this accessible. And thank you all for getting here early and talking. And somebody may want to speak to you after, but I want to be conscious of everybody's time. But uh, would you close out in a word yeah. of prayer? Yeah.
3: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are and what you've done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for all the men and women represented in this room today. Uh, Thank you for uh, giving us all work. That is a gift from you. Help us to steward that for your glory, your honor. And Father, I just pray that all of us will view work as a vehicle to ultimately share Jesus with others, Father. So we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, grace, and mercy for us. And I pray that you would be with all of us on our way back to work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Hey, guys. Pastor Bronson here. I pray that this message that you just listened to helps you and assists you in your journey with Jesus. And if you want to get connection in our church, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock.